0: Jesus was talking about. Sheep were incredibly valuable to the shepherd, as they are today to those who raised sheep. They were the chief wealth and total livelihood of the Hebrews throughout much of their existence. Sheep provided the people of the Bible with food to eat, milk to drink, wool for the weaving of cloth, covering for their tents. In time, sheep also served as a medium of exchange. Sheep were money to these people. Later, many of the descendants of those same people who raised sheep moved to cities where they no longer raised sheep, but they were a generation or so away from it, and now their medium of exchange was more often coin. This is why Jesus follows the parable of the sheep with a parable of the coin, the lost coin. He covers the waterfront to make sure that there is no mistaking his meaning. So you don't quite grasp what it means to lose a sheep? How about... If you lost money, would that bother you? Yes, now I have your attention. The two parables are teaching the same lesson that God lost something very precious to him, and he is bound and determined to find it. So Jesus is the Good Shepherd, but there's more. Jesus is also the descendant of a Good Shepherd. He called the one. He has uh, called this one uh, this name, this one particular name on Palm Sunday. We celebrate next week, and that name is the Son of David. He is the Messiah who was prophesied to be the descendant of David. And while David was perhaps most famous for being the king of Israel, his first job was as a shepherd, and it was that job that gave him the qualifications for everything that followed especially the event that David became very famous for as well, which is his battle with the giant Goliath. Now, when Linda and I were in Israel last year, we were there a year ago, about now, as a matter of fact, we went to the valley where David fought Goliath. And there I walked the stream bed where David likely found the stones that he used against the giants. And I came back with a stone from that stream bed. But now I've lost it. I don't know where it is. So it's very appropriate for this sermon, isn't it? No, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I still have it. But David found his stones there in that stream bed in which I walked. It was there that the Israelites lined up on one side of the valley and the Philistines, these people from the seacoast, lined up against them on the other side of the valley. It was like World War I French warfare where neither side was moving. They were facing off against each other. It was a stalemate. And they both knew, both sides knew the stakes, that the victor rules the other. The victor takes all. So the Philistines, the people who lived along the seacoast, sent out their champion to take on the champion of the Israelites to call someone out, anyone out who would come and face this champion to settle this thing once and for all, mano a mano. Our champion wins, they said, and you serve us. Your champion wins, and we serve you. And so it went day in and day out with the giant Goliath shouting insults to the Israelites, and no one, no one in the Israelite camp responding, daring to come out and face what would certainly be their death. That is until David showed up with a lunch, carrying lunch for his brothers. When he heard Goliath and the talks that he had for the Israelites, he was astonished that no one would go out and face this Philistine. So he himself went to Saul, the king of the Israelites at that time. And he said, hey, I'm your man. I'm going to go and face that one, that giant. But Saul wisely wanted to know more. David was applying for the job of giant killer. So Saul wanted to look at his resume to make sure that he could handle the job. He had his doubts because David apparently was too young even to serve in the army. David was only a boy. So David showed Saul his resume, and this is the way that it read in 1 Samuel 17. He said, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servants have killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the lion. this Philistine. Well, Saul Saul was convinced by David's resume that this was the guy for the job. And you've got to hand it to Saul. A lot of other guys may not have seen in David what Saul saw. After all, if David goes out there and loses, the Israelites will lose and they wind up serving the Philistines. But Saul, Saul saw something in David. What did he see? Saul Saul saw a good shepherd, one who cared so much for the sheep that he would put his own life at risk for the sheep. A lion or bear could kill a man as well as a sheep. But David was willing to exchange his life for the sheep's life. He dared care that much for the sheep. David demonstrated the heart that was needed to be a champion for the sheep, the skills that were needed to defeat a dangerous enemy, and the faith in God that was needed to defeat whatever came his way. So Saul did what every testosterone-laden, testosterone-laden alpha male would do. He loaded up David with armor and all kinds of fun stuff like that. But David said, man, this isn't me. i got to be me. And he went out there to face the giant with what worked for him. His sling, a few stones, his faith, and the heart of a good shepherd who was going to save the sheep in the Israelite army, who were, by the way, cowering behind him at this point, barely daring to look and see what happened next. When Goliath saw who the Israelites sent to fight him, he could barely, hardly believe his eyes. 1 Samuel 17, he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his god. Come here, he said. And I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. The Israelite soldiers crouched a, a little bit lower behind their fortifications, barely daring to see what would happen next to David. But what David says next puts that inspiring speech that Mel Gibson gives in the movie Bird. Remember that movie? I mean, great, great movie, this inspiring speech before the Scotsmen charge off into battle. And yet this speech beats that one that David gives in, in, beginning with verse 45, it says this, David says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And then all the Israelite soldiers, with the conclusion of David's speech, erupted as one voice like a bunch of Scotsmen from the movie Braveheart with a mighty roar for David. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, that's right. Uh, At this point in the story, they're still cowering. They're still cowering back here. They're still not convinced that David really quite has his got together. And and, and they're thinking, he's toast. So back to what David said. Whose name did David come in Come in the name of the Lord. Remember on Palm Sunday, the crowd on Palm Sunday, what name did they say that Jesus came in? His own? Well, they said, he comes in the name of the Lord. The same phrase is what David said. And then did David get into his things? talking with Goliath, talking about he's stronger than Goliath. Well, oh, he didn't do that. David just told him how oh, a boy with sticks can possibly take down a child by saying, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, but the God is the Lord. And then David took a stone. Somebody chewed the Israelite soldiers, so now the Israelite soldiers are left as one voice, like a bunch of Scotsmen, with a mighty roar for David. And in that, David showed what it meant to be a good shepherd to his people. Oh, that's right. There's one other thing, not I forgot to mention, that the sheep were used for by the Israelites. One very important thing. Oh, we can't. We would not be a discussion of this without this. The Israelites used sheep for sacrifice. They were used as what was called a sin offering and a guilt offering to God to take away the sin and the guilt of the people who wandered away from God. But now, with His or a beings, being, the this cross outside Jerusalem, the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd received Jesus. Takes your place the seek Effort Shepherd takes the place of the sheep, as a tender of Christ for sin and for guilt. He puts himself in the path of the lion and the bear and the giant. He changes his life for yours. For the lost sheep, he dearly loves the one treasured by him. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life. And in the process, he cuts off the head of the giant who has pinned you down and robbed you with your freedom. He is the one who pays that price to allow you to come to God. When you recognize that it is you who have wandered on, then know that this is the time to come to the good shepherd because God loves you. He loves you dearly. And then you can know that whatever it is that you are facing in these weirdest of days, that you, that you can face them because you are not alone. You have a champion. You belong to the Good Shepherd, the one who loves you, the one who saves you. For it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's us today. Let's pray.